Good morning. I'm uh, Adam Thomas. Uh, I'm a teaching pastor here uh, at Wyatt. Um, before I introduce our, our speaker, uh, our guest speaker this morning, I uh, remind you uh, in the bulletin there's a connection card uh, that you can communicate with the pastors. If you're a guest, we would love to know that you were here. If you're a first-time guest, we'd love to kind of send you something to let you know how much we appreciate you uh, being here uh, this morning. If you have a prayer request, a, pr- a prayer need, something you want the pastors to know about, you can fill that out, throw that in the offering plate. As it comes by at the end of the service, we would love to know how to care for you. Uh, Donnie Parrish, um, I first knew Donnie as a kid uh, in First Baptist Church, Spring Hill, Louisiana. I was a kid. He was uh, the student uh, pastor and uh, looked like a hippie. Oh, long hair, beard, big, big old dude, and, and kind of scary, uh, but so lovable, uh, loved by the people there at my church. He left almost just right before I came into the student ministry, so I don't know if that was a planned exit uh, or not, but uh, I never got to be in his youth ministry, which was a, an, an amazing ministry that he had going at the church. Um, it would be easier for me to describe to you the, the parts of our work in the BMA that Donnie has not had a part in than to describe the things he has had a part in. Uh, Donnie is a, just a guy, I would describe him as, as someone who makes things work, and that's why everyone kind of would li- likes to have his help, and that's why he's uh, worn and continue to wear so many hats in our association. Uh, and uh, he's a, a, a man that loves people, and people love Donnie, and, uh, like, like no other person I know. Um, he is uh, most recently, currently, the uh, executive director of LifeWord Media Ministries, uh, which is, uh, a, a, he'll tell you all about that, so I don't have to tell you all about that. I'll, I'll give you one story. Uh, a few years ago, when we went to Nic- La Concepcion, Nicaragua, uh, we took a guy with us that was taking a radio tower, and uh, he would, LifeWord was sending him with us uh, to, to put up this radio tower, and I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. We're out in the middle of nowhere. These people have no electricity. Why are we putting up a radio tower? Uh, and, and I'll never forget the first night uh, I was in my hammock out there, and as the uh, Nicaraguans were walking by, I was hearing radios. And so the next morning, I said, Tammy, uh, what's the deal? I, I heard radios last night. She said, yeah, everybody's cell phone here, uh, kind of how we have data, uh, the Internet, and we can make calls. Well, they have a radio transmitter and can make calls. So that's, uh, that's everyone there, basically. I don't know how they charge it, solar power, I guess. Basically, everyone there has a radio, and I'm thinking, you know, LifeWord knows what they're doing. Uh, they really do. And what, what's interesting about LifeWord is they're having to think five, ten years down the road of how to best use media because the media is constantly changing, technology is constantly, cha- constantly changing, to make sure they're on the front lines of sharing the gospel. And so Donnie's going to tell you all about uh, that ministry this morning, and uh, it is my pleasure uh, to welcome Donnie Parrish this morning. Thanks, Adam. I guess. <laughs> Call me a hippie and old because if you know, if you were a youth when I was there, as old as you are, I must be old. Man, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for letting me come today. And I do appreciate it, Adam, and your team, your pastoral team. 
for letting me kind of hijack the service today. It's an honor. And I love this church and have known you, known a lot of you for a long time, and have been here several times. Even before you built this building, I was here working with students. Yeah, I used to have really long hair. Man, I'd wear it in a ponytail. It looked great. Had a nice beard. But when you start looking like Santa Claus, it's time to shave that stuff off, man. So, uh, but listen, hey, I, I do appreciate you guys letting me come today. I've come today to thank you for letting LifeWord be a part of your Great Commission strategy. Your church is an example to a lot of churches in the BMA of America of a church that understands your mission. I want to talk about mission a little bit this morning. And uh, in the context of showing you what you're doing around the world through LifeWord, I want to do that through the context of God's Word. And so if you will, this morning, take your Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that is uh, one of my favorites. I still love students, and I'm old, and I still love students, and I think that's one reason this passage of Scripture kind of trips my trigger, is because it talks about Jesus when he was a kid. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 49. The Bible says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. We're talking about Jesus' parents. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, and then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. Now, if Jesus' parents would have lived in today's day, the authorities would have been knocking on their door. They didn't know where their boy was. And they had left him in Jerusalem, and I'm telling you, it was like New York. I mean, everybody in the world was there for Passover, and they didn't know where their kid was. Now, that makes me happy. I like that, that Jesus' parents could lose, lose, the, could lose the Savior of the world. That makes me happy. It makes me feel better about myself as a parent. But the second thing that I like about this, I've wondered for those three days, Donnie, what do you think Jesus did for three days? The Bible doesn't tell us, but I bet he had a blast. I remember when my parents would leave and leave my brother and I for the weekend, the party that would ensue at my house when we were kids. And don't you know that Jesus had a good time while his mom and daddy wasn't around? I bet he had a blast. I bet he monkeyed around, went from place to place. Where did he sleep? Man, who knows? But they did not know where their boy was. Well, we'll continue the story after that insightful uh, insight right there. That's, that comes from a guy that deals with media all the time, okay? After three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. And all that heard him were amazed at his answers, his understanding answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. In South Arkansas, 
that would have gone like this. We ought to kill you. Where have you been? And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about? In the King James, it says, my father's business. And in your translation, it probably says, must be in my father's house. And they didn't understand what he was saying. That's amazing to me in a lot of ways. He's 12 years old. And the implication here in Scripture is that at 12 years old, that Jesus already knew what his mission was. At 12 years old, he already knew what he was about. Let me ask you a question. Are you here and you'd say, I'm still trying to figure that out? I mean, hey, it took me a long time to get it together and really understand what my mission in life was. Anybody else relate to that? I'm telling you that when you understand your mission, when you finally get it, it gets past here and gets into here, and you know what you're called to do, you understand what your mission in life is, it changes your life. It changes your perspective on life. Real quickly, I want to tell you three things that will happen when you finally get to the point where you understand God's mission for your life. Number one, it changes your focus. When you finally get it and you understand what your mission is, it'll change your focus. Things that used to be important to you, things that you used to zero in on, you don't zero in on those things anymore. And things that you used to think were frivolous, now all of a sudden they become front and center. When God opens your heart and you open your mind, and you understand what your mission is, it'll change your focus. Number two, it'll change your finances. Did you come all the way from Conway, Arkansas to talk to us about money today? No, not really. But I do want you to understand you can't really separate. I mean, there's a lot said in the Bible about money. Jesus knew it took money to live, and he talks about it all the time. But when you understand what your mission is, it'll change how you spend your money. You won't throw your money away on things that, on causes that are second rate. You'll decide things that are first rate causes. And you'll give first rate service to first rate causes. It'll, it'll change you. It'll change your focus. It'll change your finances. And then finally, it'll change your finish. What you consider a win in life changes when you understand your mission. I'm going to tell you what, hey, before I went to First Baptist Spring Hill, Adam, I had a mission, and it was to get rich. That was my mission. I wanted to make money, and then I went into the ministry. Didn't work out very well. But I want you to know that once I understood what God wanted me to do, that wasn't important to me anymore. What I considered a win, people's lives became important to me. See, it's not only important that individually we know our mission, it's important for a church to know its mission too. It really is. How long has this church been here? Does anybody know? Over a hundred years. I wonder who planted this church. Do y'all know Donnie? Were you here? It's just a joke. <laughs> Donnie and I have been knowing each other a long time, man. 
Do, you, do we know who planted this church? Anybody know? I'm just wondering, what were those folks thinking when they planted this church? Came out here in these woods. Must have been people here. I bet their thought was this. There needs to be a group of people in this area that are making Jesus' name famous here. There needs to be a group of people. And they formed a church. Can I say to you that your mission over a hundred years ago has not changed? Your mission hasn't changed. Now, the way you do your mission, that hasn't changed. But what's your mission? It has not changed. God told me your mission. Would that offend you if I told you that? He told me your mission. And he's told you too. And I'm sure you know it, but turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. You could probably recite it. But let's read your mission statement together. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Can I ask you a question this morning, church? Who has all authority in heaven and in earth? I like it when people talk back. I just work with kids enough. Let me ask you, who has all authority in heaven and in earth? Jesus. You know, it's not surprising to me that Jesus would have all authority in heaven, right? That makes sense. But did you know that he has all authority on earth too? He has all the authority here. In fact, he has all authority in this church. Because this church belongs to who? It's Jesus' church. This is his church. So if this is his church and he has the authority, then he has the right to give you your mission statement, right? And he goes on and does that. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Wow. So we believe that that commission right there was not given to a missions office in Little Rock, Arkansas, or given to LifeWord. It was given to the local church. It was given to you. So let me ask you a question, Wyatt. If that's your mission statement, and if that's what God's asked you to do, can you do that by yourself? Now, God can do anything, right? But the fact of the matter is, it'd be very difficult for one church to do that by themselves. So your church and the church I'm a member at up in Conway and the church I was at last week in Jackson, Mississippi and the church that I'll be at next week over in East Texas and churches all across this country, we join hands and we join hearts as the Baptist Missionary Association. And we say, Lord, together, together, we'll fulfill your great commission. BMA Missions, today, the missions organization that your church supports is sending over 500 missionary families around the world. 1,200 churches across the country 
supporting over 500 missionary families. That's pretty impressive. And LifeWord is the media arm of BMA missions. Through media and technology, we go where missionaries cannot go, and we go with missionaries to help them plant churches. And I want to show you how you, your Great Commission strategy using LifeWord is helping do that around the world. Got a, two or three videos are very short, but I want to give you a glimpse of what's going on around the world and what you're doing. So guys, roll that first video. Manera, Philippines. Isolated, remote. No one really knows how many people live in these jungles. They are nameless and faceless to most of the world. But not to life words Pete Tabog. Pete has been taking the gospel of Jesus to the people of his native country for over 40 years. And now, through LifeWord Community Radio, Pete is teaching the people of Manera to use media to help plant new churches and reach their own community for Christ. For three years, we have done it in the Philippines. In fact, right now, I think we have about five small radio stations in different places. And uh, it gives actually, you know, a, a becoming a tool to the local church and local community to start with a mission. So right now, I think the difference between before and now is that LifeWord is now involving in church planting ministry, mm -hmm. which we have not, I am not saying we have not been doing that in the past, but we are doing it more effectively now than before. LifeWord Community Radio gives ministry ownership to the local church. LifeWord helps provide broadcast training and part of the startup cost for a low power transmitter but the daily outreach of the radio station is put in the hands of the local church. The training LifeWord provides spurs the imagination of the local broadcasters to produce compelling and entertaining gospel programming, and it challenges local programmers to innovate. How do you power a radio station where there is no electricity? You use the streams of water provided by God in His mountains to build your own hydroelectric plant. This radio station is the most effective uh, ministry here in the mountains. The most effective way to catch people to Christ. Recently, the U.S. LifeWord team took the tough journey into the Philippine jungle to experience the impact of LifeWord Community Radio in the region of Manera. It was amazing. New churches are being planted. Existing churches are being strengthened. The station has been such a blessing to the churches that upon arrival of the LifeWord team, many of the church members in the area had gathered to offer the LifeWord team a meal, just as a way to say thank you. Like in Manara, for example, you know, um, after a year of doing this, there had been people in, you know, about five miles from the station that have heard the gospel, but uh, what are we going to do that? What are, what are we going to do about it? So we started, uh, yeah, made it as a mission. And right now, there's a mission point there Amen. with about uh, 30 baptized believers. And the thing is that I realized that they, they need a missionary to, do, mm -hmm. to go there. In 38 languages around the world, to a potential listening audience of billions, LifeWord is continuing to use radio and the internet 
to share the saving message of Christ in a very big way. But in the remoteness of Manera and the jungles of Africa and in the isolated villages of Central and South America, LifeWord Community Radio is thinking small, organic, indigenous. LifeWord is teaming up with BMA missionaries to help plant local churches and to train local gospel programmers to take His message to their own people. Because sometimes, to share the love of a big God, you have to think small, intimate, local. You change. You adapt. You do whatever it takes to reach people that others have forgotten. Because there are no insignificant people to our God. And He wants the entire world to know of His love. So I produced that, that video a couple of years ago. Now LifeWord is broadcasting in 42 languages to 121 countries and to an audience of 2 billion people every day. Isn't that amazing? And that's, that's you. That's what you're doing. And we do that in big ways, in big, big towers, big radio stations that can broadcast and cover large swaths of land. But we are very much involved in planning local radio stations so that local churches can have control of what they do. In fact, now we're up to almost 100 of LifeWord community radio stations around the world. We want to double that in the next three or four years. You say, well, what's the advantage of that? New churches get planted. When we, when we plant a radio station before a missionary comes in, it helps him plant a new church. You might ask, Adam asked, how did these people... I mean, how do they hear how do they hear the radio in such a remote place? Well, because anywhere you go around the world, everybody has these. And outside the US, there are radio too. The government will give them a phone because they want to communicate with them. But they don't have local radio. And that's why they will listen to what we're doing on these low power stations. You see, here's the deal. Most of these people, <clears throat> they'll never leave right where they live their whole life. That 15 to 20 mile radius will be their whole world. And when that pastor comes in and he starts talking on that radio station, man, things begin to happen. Pete Itabog, he's LifeWord's senior employee. He's been working for LifeWord longer than any of us. And he does a tremendous job. He serves you there. Pete was a communist guerrilla intent on overthrowing the Philippine government. And he met a BMA missionary, came to Jesus, and now he's probably the most effective missionary we have in the BMA. Incredible servant of God. And Pastor Andrew right there, one of the things he figured out, oh, oh by the way, Pete has a master's degree from the University of Manila in mechanical engineering. He built that elect electrical water wheel deal. He's smart. He's a brilliant guy. And Pastor Andrew, when he saw that and realized the church was going to have electricity and the people were powering their radios, all of their cell phones by solar power, he built a charging station right beside the church. So the people come every day and they charge their phones. And Pastor Andrew gets to preach to them. So he likes that too. 
Well, that's a great plan, Donnie. But do we really want our missionaries spending all their time behind a microphone on the radio? No. And we want to tell you LifeWord's answer to that and what LifeWord's future is by this little cartoon that I put together. So guys, roll that if you will. Imagine for a moment that you're a missionary attempting to plant a new church in a remote, distant part of the world. The people that you're wanting to reach all live within a 15-mile radius of you, and none of them own a car. They walk everywhere they go. Now imagine that you could talk to these people by radio, LifeWord Community Radio, and that you're the only game in town. They have no other radio station to listen to. You have a radio station to tell them about your church and your Jesus. What a tremendous tool. What a tremendous opportunity. There's a lot to do when you plan a new church. There are people to meet. There's ministry to do. You can't spend all your time programming a radio station. And you don't have to. LifeWord is providing you with hours of broadcasting through the LifeWord network. You see, LifeWord has a cloud a broadcast treasure trove of interesting, inspiring gospel programming that you can stream and send out on your radio station. And then you can interrupt their stream anytime to teach, to preach, to talk to the people you are attempting to reach with the gospel. So you get to do what you're called to do, plant a new church. Only you can do that much faster than you ever dreamed. And you can tell more people about Jesus than you ever thought possible all because of the LifeWord cloud. But not only you, people from all around the world can come to one place, LifeWord.org, and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their heart language. They can become a disciple of Jesus all because of the LifeWord cloud. The ministry of LifeWord for almost 60 years has centered around radio. And because technology's changed around the world, LifeWord's changed too. And more and more of our broadcasts are coming over the internet. In fact, we've made a commitment about two years ago to start on a new journey for LifeWord. We've been building the LifeWord cloud. The cloud is going to change everything that we do. Everybody on our team has a new job description. It has turned us inside out. And um, as the leader, sometimes that's been a lot of fun to, to lead in that kind of change. But for the most part, our team has really bought in. And let me tell you, we believe that what this is going to enable us to do, whereas we're broadcasting right now, in 42 languages to 2 billion people every day, we believe that within the next five years, we will be able to broadcast the gospel of Jesus in over 200 languages. And hopefully, hopefully, to three-fourths of the world within the next five years. Isn't that amazing? How are you going to accomplish that, Donnie? Well, we've bought several domain names. Um, one is jesustoyou.com. And we're going to begin an advertising campaign over the Internet around the world, and we're going to ask the people, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? And when they hit, Jesus, when they hit that 
when they get that link, it's going to take them to lifeword.org. There'll be a drop-down menu, and their language will come up. If they're in Moscow, they'll hit Russian, and that entire website will convert to Russian. And there'll be a person on there that will pop up and will give them a three-minute introduction to who Jesus Christ is. And we've also been working with Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ. They don't do a lot of, they don't, they don't, they don't tie themselves to very many people, but they're very interested in working with us. As we introduce people to Jesus, then we're going to hand them off to them because they have lots of information on the Internet and are able to disciple people in areas of the world where they will not have an opportunity to go to church. And so we're very excited about that. We tell the story at LifeWord in a lot of different ways, but the LifeWord cloud, it's going to change who we are. You'll roll that. Jesus was talking to the disciples one day. Uh, they showed him the temple, talked to him about what a magnificent structure that was. And the Bible says that there in Jerusalem, he took them across the Kidron Valley. They went over to the Mount of Olives, and they began to ply Jesus with questions. And one of those questions was, when will the end come, Lord? And Jesus replied this way, when every nation of the world has heard this gospel preached, then the end will come. That just kept ringing in my mind and ringing in my ears when we began to discuss how will we get to the point where we can tell everybody in the world about Jesus. We could never buy enough radio time. We could never be on enough television stations. But through the internet, could it be? Could it be? that although the world may have thought they had created something to make a lot of money when the Internet was brought into the market, could it be that the Lord had another plan? Could it be that God's going to use the technology of the Internet to reach the whole world? Could it be 
that he's setting the stage for his imminent return? I believe it could. And if that's true, then LifeWord wants to be in the big middle of that. We want to make sure that we're on the front lines. And so we've, we've spent a lot of money putting this technology together. We've had engineers from Nepal and in the Philippines and a guy in Hartford, Connecticut. I'd rather deal with somebody in Nepal. But a guy in Hartford, Connecticut has been helping us over the past year to put this together. Right now, um, we're in beta testing. And at the end of August, Lord willing, we're going to unleash the cloud. It's taking a lot of time because everything you put up there has to be metadata. Everything has to be meta-tagged. You want to make sure that when people come there and they put in this on the search engine, if they're looking for questions about divorce, that that immediately comes up in their language. If they're looking for what God says about how to overcome drug addiction, that that immediately comes up in their Google search. We want to make sure that we are number one on their Google search when they start to ask people about Jesus. Can I tell you that our friends that are Mormons, they're out there very hot and heavy on the Internet. Can I tell you that there are other cults that are hot and heavy out there on the Internet? We just hired a full-time director of internet broadcasting, a guy that has a background in internet marketing. And his job is to make sure that we come up number one on their Google search. That's going to be his whole job. We've bought in, and we've worked very hard to make this happen. At the end of August, I hope you'll be able to go to lifeword.org, and you'll see the difference. That page won't be an information page anymore. It's going to be a page to tell the world about Jesus Christ. So, there'll still be places around the world that radio will work best. And we'll be there on radio. There'll be places where we can buy time on TV. Yeah. But where, where the internet is, we believe that's where people are going to be. I want to close today letting you read a piece of mail. We got an email from one of our broadcasters. Um, we beam all over the world into areas where missionaries can't go. We have high-powered uh, towers that we spend time, we spend money on um, to beam into places like uh, Iran, uh, places like uh, Afghanistan, places like Turkey, in Farsi, we speak to those people every day. We don't preach to those people. We don't. We read God's Word to them because we, we know that there are people there that are writing the Bible as we read it. And so we read a verse and we give them just a second. We go back and we read that verse again. And it's the only Bible so many of them have. And so... There are places that missionaries can't go and they have a hard time, though, stopping those radio waves. And we, we get letters out of there from time to time. Um, and a few weeks ago, this letter came. And I thought, man, it blessed my heart. And I, I'm going to let you read it with me this morning, if you will. 
can roll that last video, guys. My name is Ubuni, assistant to Buddhist monks in a Buddhist monastery. I am now 65, but I couldn't find assurance for my life after death in Buddhism. Thank you for your radio program. I listen to Life Word regularly, and I know Christ is the only God who could save me from eternal damnation. Even though I have not yet professed my faith in public. I am so thankful that Christ died for my sins. I have a living hope through Christ and I believe He gives me eternal life. Pray for me so that I would become a follower of Christ by baptism. Some Buddhists and even monks came to me and to discuss with me about Christ. I shared and explained as much as I know. As I share Christ, there is much opposition. Please write me how to share Christ with them more effectively. There are several people who are gathering to listen to LifeWord regularly. If you'd like to be a part of LifeWord's ministry, I'd invite you to go to our Facebook page, LifeWord Media Ministries, and like it. Every day, we have several broadcasts that come on there. Uh, there's a three-minute broadcast that comes on every morning. Give you a little, little encouragement from God's Word, but more importantly, an opportunity to pray for a BMA missionary, BMA missionary around the world, and pray for a language, a broadcast language that day. So go there, lifeword.org. Ladies, we have a women's broadcast. Lori Klein, <clears throat> whose uh, husband is pastor at South City Church in Little Rock, every Tuesday and Thursday. It's a great show, and you would enjoy it. So go like that and in, enjoy um, being a part of that. If there's Spanish speakers, we have a Spanish broadcast there, a telecast every day. Well, it comes on uh, every day. Uh, Luis Ortega produces that for us, who is our director of, Inter of, of operations at LifeWord. So like us at LifeWord Media Ministries. I close today with just by saying thank you for being our partners. And I'll give you one challenge as you leave today. Uh, that last broadcast, that last video you saw, 
of that man that came to Jesus. We get letters like that all the time from places around the world. And it's very expensive to broadcast into closed countries. You can't set up a radio station where those people are. You have to broadcast maybe on an island off the coast or from almost a continent away. And so it costs a lot of money. If you'd like to be involved in reaching closed countries for Christ, uh, we have a group of people in the BMA that are part of a ministry called Faith Inner Circle. They give monthly, and that, that money goes for no other purpose but to broadcast into closed countries. And I have a sign-up sheet right outside there. Um, and you, if you'll just sign that, uh, Holly Merriweather will call you. We'll get you set up. Well, how much should I give on that, Brother Donnie? That's up to you. We don't tell you how much to give. But we just ask you to consider that so we can continue to tell people who will never have the opportunity, never hear a missionary, and never will know any other way that there is a God other than life word. We'd invite you to be a part of that ministry. Thank you so much for all you're doing. I keep up with you guys all the time. I love to hear what you're doing to reach international students and your mission trips to Nicaragua and places that you go around the world. Um, I love you, and thank you so much for being part of us at LifeWord. And Pastor Adam, thank you for allowing me to be here today. As our musicians come, I want to remind you that you will uh, that in a couple months we'll be having uh, our special offering for Life Word. So keep that in mind. Uh, you can always uh, give through our church to Life Word Ministries, but want to make you aware that that special offering uh, will be coming up uh, this fall. Uh, so be mindful of that. We're going to have just a, a time of, of response uh, to God's word and, and God's mission. Maybe a time for prayer uh, for you, just uh, where you're at to pray for for Life Word Broadcast Ministries. Will you please stand?